Welcome to the NACA American Dream Program. Each week, we'll talk about how NACA is revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best mortgage in America. It's no down payment, no closing cost or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score. And guess what? It's at a below market fixed rate. NACA is just relentless. This is the NACA way. Hey, hey, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of NACA's American Dream Program, where we always have exciting news about NACA and the upcoming events. And guys, when I tell you, we have so many new things that I just can't keep up with myself that we have to share with you today. But before we even get started, we have our friend and buddy and pal, Eric Exon back to tell you how to get through that mortgage process, how to get underwritten and get your home out, getting your home. But first, before we even get started with that, we're going to go say hey in Texas to Anjanette. What's going on? How you doing? What's the weather like over there? <laughs> hey, Damien. Hey, 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 out there in the world of NACA. You know, welcome everyone to America's uh, Best in American Mortgage uh, program. Uh, the NACA podcast. Uh, so good to be here today. Uh, yeah, in Houston, Texas, we are looking good in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day to be out there and, and about driving around in this beautiful, nice spring weather, getting your home or looking for that dream home brought to you and sponsored mortgage powered by NACA. It awesome. is a great day awesome. to be out there looking for a home and going through the NACA program. And guess what? At a 5.5% interest rate on a 30-year fixed, a 5% interest rate, and yes, I did say five, on a 20-year fix and a 5.25 on a 15-year fix, you still can't beat that with a stick because guess what? It is the lowest in the town. It is the best in the land. And across the country, you're not going to be able to get any better than that, where you can come to this program and buy down your rate all the way down to zero point whatever. You can buy your rate down to a 0%. Yes, I said it right here. But want to talk about the great things we're, we're having that comes through NACA. We have our American, uh, our Achieve the Dream event. Yes, we are back. We just finished a wonderful event, Damien, over the weekend. We were in Lima, Lima, Ohio. We were working with Mayor Smith awesome. there and we did some good things there. Really, really got some qualifications through. Good turnout. Um, weather wasn't favorable on the first day. Uh, it was a little rainy, but guess what? People all over, all across the land really understand that, guess what? That my dream of home ownership should not be dictated by weather, by any challenges. I will not let that stop me. They came out and they showed out in Lima, Ohio. So big shout out to everybody out there in Lima. And the next event will be happening June twenty. Third, that's right, Friday, June 23rd through Tuesday, June 27th in Newark, New Jersey. So you want to know more about that? Yes, we will be in Newark. So New York, Hartford, Connecticut, Rochester, Buffalo, Philly, Boston, D.C., uh, Baltimore. You guys come on out. Come to Newark, New Jersey, where we'll be right there. If you want to know more, always tune in to us. You can find out more about the workshop, uh, more about the event, excuse me, more about the Achieve the Dream event at www.naca.com. That's www.naca.com. You can find out all about the five-day event 
23, 24, 25, 26, 27. Yes, five days. I had to think about that for a minute. Yes, it is a five-day event in Newark, New Jersey happening. There you go. Thank you. Boy, good old Sola. He puts All right it there. Five-day event. Uh, and it's going to be at the Robert Treat Hotel, 50 Park Place, New, New, Newark, New Jersey. So definitely check it out. We're going to uh, always look at us on our social media platforms where we'll be posting out as we count down the days to June 23rd, which is day one. So if you are waiting for an appointment for your counselor, you shouldn't be. Guess what? Call us, like us, do whatever you want to do with us, but you can always reach out to us for our early appointment. And if you're waiting for the June event, Friday, June 23rd through Tuesday, June 27th, you can always come out and speed up your process by bringing your documents, get your documents it uploaded into our member portal system and you can have the documents in entered into the system go sit with a counselor go to our mortgage processing department to get processed and decision same day walk out during that five-day event awesome. a qualification that's right brought to you empowered by NACA Damien oh, I, I got a question to ask it seems like NACA is doing these home buying workshops not just in large areas, but it looks like because I've never heard of Lima, Lima, uh, Ohio. So how did that happen? What makes it happen? And if I live in a small area, can my mayor or councilman reach out? And how would they do that to get it in, in another small area somewhere else in the country? Absolutely. And yes, we are. You know what we wanted to do? We started mm -hmm. the year off with our king uh, with with celebrating king day weekend doing a weekend of service instead of a day of service right uh, we're here to serve every day but we did a weekend of service event and we we thought about this and said you know what we always go to the major large metropolitan areas you know atlanta miami houston dallas uh vegas chicago new york we always go to the major metropolitan areas but let's start let's let's take this a step back and and not go back but move forward in the right direction we okay. always tend to not highlight or put in the forefront the people that really really need the help the most and that's our small towns you know I, I'm, I'm a product of a village you know and i'm pretty proud of that i'm a product of a village small town in louisiana i'm a Grandland state girl guys so small town in louisiana and so because of that we tend to be the ones that kind of get left behind on products and services that are offered to us. And we have to do a little extra to research and get those opportunities that are truly afforded to us. So NACA is taking a step in the right direction saying, you know what? We're going to meet people where they are. We're going into the heart of the areas of the people that need us the most. So in areas like uh, Baker Hill, in areas like Tuskegee, uh, Selma, in Alabama, when we did the King Day event, we went into the smaller, more rural areas of Alabama to serve. We went into small areas in Louisiana and serve. Uh, we're going to do the same thing in Mississippi and Arkansas. We do that. We're, we're planning on doing that. But Lima, Ohio, Mayor Smith was a young lady that reached out to us and said, my constituents need access to yeah. housing. And in Lima, Ohio, I know you guys have an office in Cleveland, but that's hours and hours away. Can you meet me here? And I will provide you a place to host an Achieve the Dream event. Just get here. I don't care how you get here. Like the song say, I don't care how you get here. Just get here if you can. And that's what we did. 
we we worked with the mayor and the mayor's office and we took the staff there and mm. we and they actually provided us with a lovely multi-purpose center to to go in and have this event and it, it turned out favorable we had a wonderful turnout the first day it was raining but it didn't stop anybody from get, coming out to get access to this program and get qualified. We had people getting qualified every single day. And it was great. Yesterday was the last day, uh, but that's not the last time. It was the last day for this particular event. But NACA did make sure, what we always do is make sure you have access to our state-of-the-art member portals uh, tool where you can just log on on your, on your uh, mobile device. You can upload your documents using your cell phone. You can get access to America's Best Mortgage uh, using your cell phone. So we left them with tools that they can use and get that access that they need. Uh, obviously, we left them with the office being a few hours away, but they know that if they need to get to the office, they know exactly where that is. And I got a feeling it's not going to be the last time we'll be in Lima. So Lima, and there's more to come. There's more neighborhoods that we're going to be hitting. Now, that's really doing good in the neighborhood, Damien. I hope that answered the question. I love it. Now, let me ask you, how much did Mayor Smith pay for you guys to come to Lima? Oh, there is no fee. There is no cost, no fee. The only thing we ask is that the same effort that you we put into making sure people uh, are, are getting the word out, making sure people know about it. There's no sense to have this beautiful show palace and nobody knows it's there. So if we're going to build it, we need to at least let them know so that they'll come. And if they don't come because they knew about it and decided not to, that's different than saying, you know what, I wish I had known I would have come. So we asked for the city to put some skin in the game by reaching out to their to their residents. So reach out to all of the city residents and even the surrounding area. It doesn't have to be a city specific. It can be city, county, state, you name it. If you If you want us there, we will build it. There's no cost to do that. The only cost is the missed cost on the opportunity. Wow. Awesome, NACA way. I like that. I like That's that. the NACA way. So, and you said it best. We do have a very special guest, and I shouldn't call him a guest because Nat, Eric's just family. We it's have so our family cool. member back. We have Eric Exum that's joining from the mortgage department. And Eric, you know, Damien, you know Eric has his hand on the pulse. Eric had, can tell you cradle to grave from the start, from the workshop, all the way to you signing your documents at closing. This is the subject matter expert. He's the man you need to succeed, which is why we always welcome the one, the only, Eric Exum. Eric, thank you for coming to this. Welcome show. back. Welcome back. It's been well, a Hey, as you said, good to see you, family. Um, happy to be here. Willing to offer any information I have to help people make it through the process. Okay. Absolutely. And also, you can always reach out to us at our number. That's um, it's eight three six seven zero five hundred eight three three seven seven one four five hundred. We'd love to hear from you. Eric, one of the questions that we got hit with over the weekend, because we wanted everyone to know that we are going to, we had you on the show and people even went to our Spanish show looking for you, <laughs> which you weren't there. Wow. <laughs> he, he belongs with us. Oh, no. Eric is willing to serve everywhere he, everywhere he's needed. But one of the questions was, can you explain minimum required funds 
as opposed to mortgage insurance and things like that. Uh, that was one of the misnomers that came up. Sure. Um, and it's a great question. And minimum required funds are often confused with the funds documenting a savings pattern. So I'm going to back up and talk about minimum required funds first, and then the things that it might get confused with. Minimum required funds is a pretty simple concept. It's the minimum amount of money you need to be able to buy a house and close with the NACA product. It makes up the money for inspections, the prepaid, which are your taxes and insurance that you pay up front, and then there's a, the escrow tax and insurance, your per diem interest, which you'll pay till the end of the month. So if you close at the end of the month, you know, the 31st and the 31 day month, there's no per diem interest. But if you close on the first, you have the whole 31 days of per diem interest. Um, minimum required funds can come from any source that's not borrowed. So it can be a gift. It can come from your tax returns. It can come from any money you have that are not borrowed. Now, payment shock is a different concept, and minimum required funds are often confused with payment shock. Payment shock is a savings pattern. Payment shock is the difference between what you currently pay in a housing payment and your desired housing payment. So for most people, most people's current housing payment, they'd consider it rent, or they're paying rent. So if your rent for easy math is $1,500 a month, mm -hmm. and you need to get to a $2,500 per month payment to get the property you want, you need to demonstrate that you can afford $1,000 per month. So you'll make your $1,500 payment every month, just like normally would, to cover your rent. Then you would save $1,000 a month. Then you know what it feels like to not have the extra $1,000 a month and what adjustments you need to make to your budget. So that when the time comes and you need to make the $2,500 a month payment for your mortgage, you'll have already made the adjustment to it. That's payment shock savings pattern. So again, minimum required funds, just the money you need, the cash to close, plus the reserve requirement. So when you're buying a single family property and your payment shock is less than $300 a month, reserves is one month of your full payment. That's principal interest tax insurance. If your payment shock is greater than $300 a month, one month reserve, you'll have two months reserves if you're buying a single family property. If you're self-employed, you need a little bit more cash flow, a little, little more reserves. So you need to have three months of the entire mortgage payment set aside. Then if you're buying a duplex, four months, a three-family property, five months, and a four-family or four-unit property, you have to have six months reserves. That's money in your pocket after closing. So many required funds are funds to get through the closing, plus reserves, which you'll have after closing. So I do have a question with that minimum required funds. Is it the same for everybody? And if not, what determines why I may have a higher minimum required funds than, say, NGNF? Great question. I know you know the answer, but it's great that you bring this up. So, um, no, it's not going to be the same for everyone, right? Because if the purchase that I want to make is $200,000, right? Mm -hmm. My reserves are one going to be different because my monthly payment is going to be lower. So all the reserves I just walked through, they'll be lower for somebody buying a $200,000 property than somebody buying a multifamily $800,000 property, for example. Then the other factors that come into play, inspection costs in your area. Inspections might be less expensive in Rock Hill, North Carolina, than they are in Little Rock, Arkansas. The other things that come into play are taxes and insurance. Well, Angie Annette's down there in, in Texas, Ooh. where property taxes are three as high as they are in most of Georgia, for example, where you are. 
where we used to be. I don't know if you're still there now. But um, so there's going to be a lot more money needed to close on something in Texas because of the property taxes. That's all part of what you bring to closing. Okay. And then, of course, insurance. If you're buying in, say, New Orleans, insurance costs are much higher than more central in the country without the you know, coastal storms, the flooding, the rainstorms. Um, then if you have, speaking of flooding, if you buy into a flood zone, you're going to have to have more money because you're going to have to pay your hazard insurance one-year policy plus your two or three months escrows. And then if you're buying a flood zone, now you have to have, in addition to hazard insurance policy, cool. your flood insurance policy one year plus your two or three months escrows. So, so good question, but no, minimum required funds are going to be unique to you, your desired purchase goals, and the location in which you want to buy. Okay, thank you. Appreciate and you know what? I'm so glad you phrased it that way, Eric, because the reason why this particular member asked it on the other show was because she got information from another member and their situation obviously is different from that. They weren't even in the same state. But it yeah, was I, yeah, I can't tell you how many people come to me and say, well, you guys had my cousin go down a completely different path. Yes, we did. Because that counseling path was right for your cousin. We really have unique counseling services um, catered to and structured for everyone's purchase goals, right. you know, everyone's individualized goals. So, and that's exactly right, Angie Annette. The minimum required funds for one person might be different than somebody else. The savings pattern requirement might be different for one person than someone else. The compensating factors we're looking at might be different for someone who's had three late payments in the last 12, 24 months than somebody who had no late payments in the last 12, 24 months. Exactly. So everyone's and, on a unique path. Right. And I want people to, to remember that, you know, stop trying to keep up with that person. Do what's best for you. Stay in your lane in your speed go your speed don't don't worry about what the next person did just try to cross that finish line yourself so i definitely want to want to make sure i put that out there and tawana tawana is saying hi i got approved for a multi-family unit yesterday at the achieve a dream event in lima ohio i had everything ready just had had my home buyers workshop and got my naca id last saturday god is good and to one hey, yeah. congratulations love yes he is good all the time all the time and we're so happy and notice what she said though eric she had everything ready prepared she was ready for home ownership being prepared is is no joke <laughs> no see joke. i like the way you said that because it's an interesting thing about the naca process right it's virtually self-selecting Here's something that most people don't realize until after they buy the house. But owning a house and maintaining a house is work and a considerable amount of work. And what I say to most people is the amount of work that you put into becoming a homeowner prepares you for the amount of work you're going to need to put in to sustain homeownership and succeed in homeownership. So way to go, Tawana, for yeah, having everything prepared, area. ready. You sound like you're going to make a great multifamily homeowner. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the way you always paraphrase it, Eric. Yeah. It's simply put, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Preparedness and readiness. Um, and let's see, Maria, Maria Osorio. And Maria, I hope I said your name correctly. Shout out to you out there in Facebook and Facebook land. She say, can a person be from Connecticut and go to the Newark event? 
Yes, you can. Air, air, where are you from? Of course. I'm from New York City. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina now. I've, you know, I came through the NACA program, my wife and I. We came through ourselves in 2003. And later that year, I started with NACA. And yes, we've bounced around and been all over the place um, and followed NACA through the country. Um, and yes, you know, hopefully we'll have an event near you, but certainly, you know, anyone from New York, that makes sense. You know, I'm from Queens and of course I'd go to the Newark event. You know, matter of fact, there's better parking in Newark than most of New York City. <laughs> um, but absolutely, Connecticut, you know, New York, all the surrounding states, it just makes sense. You know, if you're out in Long Island, you know, make it to that Newark event. You know, yes. we're getting a lot of people who work in New York City who are buying in Pennsylvania, Connecticut, um, and New Jersey. So, so absolutely. And we do allow that, Eric. You don't have to live in the, when it's like that, the metro area where you can live in one area, work in another. That's perfectly acceptable through NAFA, right? Well, absolutely. So, so let me make sure I explain it thoroughly so, I don't, so there's no confusion around this. Yeah. NACA is, at its core, a neighborhood stabilization program, and you can mm -hmm. only stabilize neighborhoods through owner occupancy. Mm -hmm. So you must occupy the home that you purchase through the NACA program. Um, and I want to make that clear because for a lot of people now, especially post-COVID era, not that COVID's over, but we're over the era of quarantining, working from home for some people, if it doesn't matter where you work, meaning you work from home, say you have an internet sales business, it really doesn't matter where you sit, where you lay your head for that type of business. You can buy anywhere. Otherwise, you have to be within commuting distance of where your income comes from. But like I said, being from New York City, a lot of people you know, who work in New York City live in Connecticut, New Jersey, um, in Pennsylvania, out on Long Island, which is, you know, in New York, but, but you know, east of Queens. Um, so in dense cities, we see that a lot more often. In Boston, I mean, half the people who buy a house who work in Boston buy in New Hampshire or maybe in Connecticut and, and other states. Um, so you do have to, you know, if you have to commute to work, you have to purchase a house in a reasonable commuting distance. What we're going to look at is your history. You know, like I said, a lot of people who who live in or work in dense cities commute, you know, significantly. What's interesting about that is when you when you when you're in a Boston, a DC, a New York, a Los Angeles, 10 miles going one direction might be an hour and a half commute and going in a different direction might be a half an hour commute. So consider that also when when you're making your decisions about um, what you want to purchase because it's all about lifestyle, right? Um, our goal is to improve your lifestyle through home ownership. And if you turn a half an hour commute into a hour and a half commute and you really like spending time with family, we might be doing you more harm than good. So so really think about where you want to buy and that that commute makes sense for you because you must own occupy. That's good advice because that'll, that'll make me second guess my, my decision to even purchase there. Yeah. I'm so a half an hour person. I like to clear my head on my way home. So I want a half an hour commute. No less than that. So by the time I go home, I'm ready for my family. Okay. Um, but give me an hour commute. Now I'm taking too much time away from the family. So. And it stresses you out. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's different. You know, just do what works for you. Mm -hmm. So, Eric, I do want to clarify um, the attending the home buying workshop. So, for instance, you and Anjanette mentioned surrounding areas to New Jersey. But, for instance, I'm in Georgia. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be in the area or wanted to go to the area because I could, you know, hang out or do whatever, 
I could still attend the event in New Jersey, right, and still be taken care of in Georgia. You right? absolutely can. So we do regionalize the workshops. We do that mostly because of the things we just talked about. Mm -hmm. um, multifamily purchases in New York are going to look a lot different than they do in where you are in Georgia, for example. You know, I see very few four-family properties in Georgia. Yeah. And that's why you might need a little bit different information and a little bit different type of help than some buy, body buying in the Bronx, where it's a lot more common. So we regionalize the workshops. You know, the general information about how to make it through the NACA process is always going to be the same for everyone throughout the country. But there is relevant information going on in your particular region that we try to express in our workshops. For example, you know, somebody's buying in, in, in Texas. You know, we talk about the property taxes and the bigger impact of the property taxes, where prices might be a little bit lower. The property taxes bring the payment right back up. Um, in areas with a lot of homeowners associations and or condos, we'll talk a little bit more about how the HOA, homeowners association dues, are going to impact the monthly payment. Um, we'll talk about the, the flood zones. So, for example, someone doing a workshop in the Louisiana area, they're going to talk about flood insurance and the higher cost of insurance, where you're not going to need to have that conversation in New York City, for example. That's why I regionalize it. But to your point, you can go to any workshop and get the core information you need. Just make sure that you have a really good real estate agent. I'm always going to I'm always going to recommend get an in-house agent because they have resources and tools that outside agents don't. But no matter what agent you pick, you can pick any agent you want. Make sure that they either have a, have a ton of experience with NACA or you make them do their homework about the unique NACA product. Because if you don't have a great agent, you're going to miss out on a lot of the great benefits of the product and the information that we're talking about here. And you'll expect one payment and get a different payment because they didn't know how to either negotiate buy down and or talk to you about the homeowners association or taxes and different things we're talking about here. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, Venetia Romans, I hope that answered your question. You can attend any workshop and to find one in Orlando, Florida near you, all you got to do is tune into www. Just go to www.naca.com. Click on that home buyers button and you want to talk about the purchase program. And then from there, all you got to do is say attend a workshop or start the process by attending the workshop. You click that all you got to do from there is type in your zip code and there will a merit of opportunities there of workshops that are listed, dates and times that you can attend either in person or virtual. Yes, I did say virtual. In person or virtual. So, Venetia, just go to go to uh, NACA.com for more workshop needs. Awesome. Absolutely. So, um, uh, Gabs, Gabs 1028. Welcome, Gabs. And this is from, look like it's from YouTube. So Gabs is saying, I'm almost at the end of the process, but I would love to switch to a multifamily. Not sure if I can afford it in New York. And Eric just spoke about the difference in New York. So this is right in his alley. This is right up his alley here. So Gabs, hold on, put your seatbelt on, listen good, listen good. Yeah, so it's a great question, but um. If you think about switching to multifamily, and I, and I can talk about this answer forever, so I'm gonna try and cut it short because it's a, it's a really important question. First, just make sure you're the personality type who can manage a multifamily. Um, I, I say it this way, I hope it doesn't you know, offend anybody about raising kids because you know, I, I have two teenagers myself. I try to explain to people that buying a multifamily property 
as you add units, it's almost like adding kids to your household in the sense of the amount of time, energy, and money that it takes up front. Now, is it worth it? Absolutely, if you've got a good plan and you're the personality type who can handle it, right? Um, you know, I've had friends and family who struggled, you know, with multifamilies, just like they've some have struggled raising kids and others who've had just a phenomenal, you know, results with, you know, planning their family. So just make sure you're, you're the right personality type to manage a multifamily. Let's assume you are now. Well, New York might be the best thing that happens to you. You don't have to move further out. Here's the key to multifamily home ownership. If you buy a four family, that's a lot more units that have to be managed and a lot more time and energy from you. However, the three rental units, so you're going to live in one, you're going to have three that you're going to rent. Those three units should pay the entire mortgage if you're buying a four family. And rents are going to be higher in New York than they are in some other cities. So you don't have to move out. The, the, the beauty of, of multifamily home ownership is you have help with the rents from the, from what's called the income units, or the, it's an income property and the income generating units to pay your mortgage. The reason why it's really important that those three units pay your mortgage is because you have to continue building capital for when you need a new roof, when you need to put in a hot water heater for that particular unit, when the window breaks, when the repairs and maintenance that a landlord needs to take care of. You know, you have to make sure you've built the capital, set that aside, continue building to have the funds to maintain what ultimately is a small business. Now, going all the way back down to a duplex, well, you only have one other unit. Most people who buy duplexes end up putting family or friends in the other unit. Just make sure that if you need the, their portion of the rent, that you don't do, make the emotional decision to put the person in there who's not going to make the payments because now you're responsible for a much bigger mortgage payment, generally speaking, because you're buying more property. So just make sure that you do a great job vetting the tenants, even if they're family or friends. My recommendation, if you've never managed properties before, at least for the first year, maybe two, hire a property management company to take care of all this for you. Yeah. Now, don't just hire them and, and let them deal with it. Hire them and require them to communicate with you about every little thing they're doing. When they get a maintenance call, you know, they, you don't want that call at two o'clock in the morning. Let them deal with that. But make sure <laughs> the next morning they're walking you through that call. The reason I say this is because after a year or two, you if you paid attention, you can learn everything they're doing to manage the property. Then you will get enjoyment out of managing the property yourself once you truly know how to do it. If you don't know how to manage a property and you put the wrong tenants in there and you're not taking care of the repairs and maintenance and the things you need to to be successful in that property, it will be a nightmare instead of the dream of homeownership. Absolutely. So, now, Eric, I do have a question about that. Now, she was the young lady was talking about switching from being qualified for single and now adding, if I'm not correct, engineer to be qualified for multifamily. But would correct. you recommend? to switch so switch her mm -hmm. product instead of doing a single family she's decided and especially after hearing Tawana she now wants the option of going to a multi-unit okay so my question to you Eric is in the initial intake would it be better for the the member to say hey qualify me for a single family on the front end as well as see if I'm eligible 
for multifamily on the front end while you're already in your intake process. Would you recommend that or no? Um, if that's what the person thinks, it's generally a very different personality who's going to buy a single family and want one or need one for their situation than somebody who's buying a multifamily for their situation. You can do that. You can have, you can request upfront be qualified for both. Now, as I said earlier in, in this conversation, for multifamily, you need to have a lot more reserves. So you need a lot more money going into it. So most people, you know, most with low moderate income people, it's easier to qualify in terms of having the, the funds set aside for a single family. Okay. But, you know, I think, I hope I did a pretty decent job of preparing people and warning people that multifamily homeownership is a lot more work. However, just like anything, most things are a lot more work and can be a lot more rewarding if you're truly prepared. Okay. Um, so we do require that you go to and complete a landlord training class, even if you're going to hire a, a management company, take care of the property so you're more prepared. Um, you know, the people asking the question, in interestingly enough, tenants' rights in New York City are going to be very different than tenants' rights in Texas. So you got to make sure you really understand. It, you can't put a tenant out in New York City in the middle of the winter when the temperature is below X, right? Um, so if you really need those rents coming in and you have two out of four tenants or two out of three tenants and you're living in the fourth unit, not paying their rent in the middle of the winter when you're trying to buy gifts, you know, around the holidays for your family, that can really get you in trouble. So just, you know, just make sure that you think all that through before you jump into multifamily homeownership. I think a lot of people um, push other people into it believing that, hey, let them pay the, for the mortgage. You'll build generational wealth. And while there's certainly truth to that, you only build it if you succeed. And like anything else, success in something that has that kind of payoff requires a lot of preparation and work on your end to succeed on, you know, to see it and make it worth the while. Um, but yeah, it is true. Um, if you buy a $1.2 million four family in the Bronx right now, um, the payoff on that, uh, the generational wealth it could build is phenomenal because I, I, you know, I, I don't mind dating myself, but, you know, back when my parents bought the house when I was a kid in Queens, you know, um, a house in New York, you know, the Bronx, Queens, et cetera, costs a tenth what it does right now. Wow. So we paid off in Queens is worth 10 times what they paid for it or more than that, actually, more than 10 times what they paid for it. Mm -hmm. So it can build generational wealth. You know, where you know, they might have paid, you know, less than a hundred thousand for a property. That same property is worth over a million today. Wow. Thirty some years later. Thank and you. it certainly does. Uh, you said it you hit the nail right on the head. It certainly does generate wealth, but it generates you have to be good good at business and good business minded and how you organize and stay and manage your expenses and, and all of your, your paperwork, everything. And again, you do generate wealth from a multi-unit only if the your, your residents, your renters that you put in the property pay. So back to what, what Eric was saying earlier, if you're getting it, getting a multi-unit and you're going to live in one unit and the other three, you're going to house it down, hose it down with family members, just remember... Family will lean on you kind of heavy and say, oh, sis, 
Oh, cuz, I'm going to hit you next month. Or, oh, I'm going to pay you. You know, it's the holidays. You know, the kids, you know, those are your favorites. You you remember little Susu and little Lonnie <laughs> and all of that. And it's the holidays. You don't want me to take from them. Well, they just took your generational wealth. So my rule of thumb, and it is a personal thing, I don't do business with family because I want to keep them my family. There is a difference. So for me to be successful so that I can create that generational legacy for my seeds, I keep my I keep family out of it so that all of us can grow and prosper. You know, and anything Amen. I'm telling you, they say money is the root of all evil. You get a family member that owe you rent and we got a problem. Mm -hmm. That is a long term thing that is hard to catch up on because if they miss that first month, they, it's going to be very, it's very unlikely that they're going to double up the next month and pay you and it, with the best of intentions. It typically doesn't happen. So be careful of that. Right. Thank you. I can't say it better. Vetting, whether it's family or not, vetting your tenants is everything. Yeah. It's a multifamily or you end up paying for where they live to prevent the whole property getting foreclosed on. So you can go from the prospects of building generational wealth to losing everything, you know, if you don't get the right tenants and if you don't, if you're not able to sustain that property. Now that goes for single family also, you know, I, mm -hmm. you know, I gotta say this, I see right now that, uh, that people are dealing with, and I'm saying dealing with, because that's exactly what it is. We're dealing with much higher prices than we saw five years ago on top of higher interest rates. So a lot of people are focused on what it costs monthly to, to have a house as opposed to focusing on the affordability monthly to sustain a house. So, you know, make sure that if you get into that house, you can sustain the payments and you don't become house poor, you know, making for a worse situation and doing more harm than good in homeownership. Homeownership is a beautiful thing and it really does. Instead of paying a rent, you know, you're paying a mortgage. What I would say to people, is rents and mortgages right now, even with the prices up, are pretty compatible in similar neighborhoods, similar situations. Wow. So if right now you're paying $1,500 because that's what you can afford, that's where you need to stay, you know, unless something changes. There's only two things that change affordability, right? An increase in income, mm -hmm. increase in net income, or a decrease in spending. Mm -hmm. So you have to find things to eliminate in your budget. You can pay something off. You know, if your car is paid off now and you and it's going to last for a while, you still got to set aside money for repairs. But, you know, maybe you freed up that 350, 400 per month. You know, maybe you adjusted your budget so you're not eating out anymore or you're getting your hair done, you know, every eight weeks instead of every three weeks. Mm -hmm. But you got to make sure those lifestyle adjustments are worth it for you. Right. If it's important to look good, you know, every three weeks instead of every eight weeks, and that's your priority, you know, make sure that you're not going to put that money toward the house mm -hmm. and then not be able to sustain the lifestyle that's important to you. Hope Absolutely. That makes awesome. Yeah, you said Thank that you. best. Thank you you so said much. that best. You got them thinking. You got a nail thinking and move with Lady V thinking and Gab's is saying thank you for the very informative. So throwing up some hearts for you, Gab, because you had the multi-unit question and I hope you achieve that dream, sweetie. Uh, Anel is saying, good day. I'm already qualified, looking for homes, received a salary increase at work. My mortgage council will need to recalculate my new qualified mortgage amount. Correct. 
Yes. So what's really interesting is sometimes when we in, when we get an increase in income, um, we don't necessarily save that money. You know, we we've been holding the belt so tight for so long, we let it out. You know, one one, one little one little loop. One knot. Um, yeah. One knot to, you know, to exhale a little bit and start living a different lifestyle. So it's really important that if you were already a saver and already had your budget down pat, that money that freed up, the additional money you're getting to work can probably now be put towards home ownership. Mm. But you know, my 20 years with NACA, I've realized that that's not true for everyone. Some people can, can make the adjustment and put it straight towards housing. Other people really you know, needed to free up or get a little extra money just to have that breathing room and not get in trouble or be close to trouble day in day out with their finances yeah so yes you know you'll want to you know take that increase you know save the money over a three-month period at least to see just like we talked about before right to see if it's worth it to put it toward housing you know it's awesome to have that house that we've always wanted but when you invite people over if you got nothing in your fridge (laughs) because everything's going to the house then you know but it's a challenge. Exactly. You said it best, Eric. You said it best. Now, Move With Lady V is saying, hi, does having a payment plan for back taxes exclude you from getting qualified? I have an upcoming appointment, and that's something that I'm concerned about. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people would worry about that. So let me not leave you hanging. And the short answer is no. It is absolutely fine to have a payment plan for back taxes. Um, two thing, things that you really have to think about. One, we are going to factor the payments that you're in to your affordability and your debt to income ratio. You know, so make sure it's an approved payment plan and you document that you and the IRS worked it out, that those are the payments that they're going to accept, whether it's $75 a month or whatever it is, that they agreed to that's what the, the terms are. The second piece you have to think about is we're just filing or we just finished filing our 2022 taxes. You cannot owe for the most recent year because that means you're just in the same trouble over and over again. You're going to have to resolve and pay in full the most recent year you filed. And then you can have payment plans for previous tax years. Okay. Very good to know. Excellent. That is so excellent. That is very helpful. And this is the time of year where people have just filed their taxes or got extensions and things like that. So this is very, very, very helpful. Uh, A couple of people out there uh, on the phone lines and everything are saying, when is the next event? When is the next event? We have our events placed on our website, again, www.naca.com. But as we get closer to the dates of all of our Achieve the Dream events, you will definitely get notifications on uh, your social media platforms. Like I say, we have Newark, New Jersey coming up in June. And then after that, we'll be in Conyers, Georgia. And from there, I saw you, Florida. I got four requests. Are we coming to Tampa? Are we coming to Orlando? Are we coming to Miami? I'm seeing all of the Florida requests. And you know what? Stay tuned because I also see Inland and uh, Inland Empire is asking. I got three requests out there for California. So guess what? Just stay tuned because we may do a summer sweep. You never know. But uh, we'll always keep those workshops coming to you on our social media platforms and always on our website, which is www.naca.com. So definitely, thank you, thank you, thank you for those questions. Now, back to our 
uh, more loan level questions. Um, I think it was Mizo. Mizo asked a question. Let me see. I'm trying to look for you. Oh, San, San Bernardino, Eric. We another San Bernardino. Uh, again, California. We will still keep it locked and loaded on our websites. Uh, one of the people was asking, do they have to switch counselors if they switch states? Uh, if they move to a new state and they're they're purchasing in that state, do they have to switch counselors or can they stay with their own counselor? Um, so the, the answer to that is a great question. Again, you guys are awesome. Um, the answer to that question is it depends. So not every counselor is licensed in every state. Okay. You know, so every counselor is licensed, obviously, in their primary state where they're going to do, where they originate mortgages. Um, so we are, you know, we are two parts, as you all know. We're a counseling organization to get you ready for home ownership and to get you ready for your desired payment. And that's the counseling aspect. But once we do and send you out shopping, now we need to actually originate, you know, a loan with the best mortgage product in America, right? With the best mortgage terms in the country. So it does have to be a licensed mortgage consultant who takes your loan application. Mm -hmm. So if the person is licensed in the state that you move to, then you'll stick with the same counselor. If they're not, they're going to give you to someone else to originate, but they'll work together. You won't have to tell your whole story over from the beginning. You will have to meet the new person because none of us are willing to originate a mortgage for someone who we don't have a conversation with, get the basics down for. But once, once that's done, you know, it'll be seamless for you. You won't even be able to tell because all the counselors are counseling to the same end and to the same product. We only have one mortgage product, so our counselors do not have to learn, you know, 20 different mortgage products. You know, the rules are going to be the same, same across the board for that product, for our product. Awesome. awesome. Absolutely. And Mizo, Mizo, thank you for your second question. Mizo is saying, do we or will we ever do a Facebook Live on a hot PHA? Because everything about NACA has turned to hot PHA. And if anybody, if you guys out there don't know what hot PHA stands for, that's homeownership through public housing assistance. That's where you can take your voucher, your Section 8 voucher, and convert it into owning a home instead of paying the landlord. You pay on your own home. Only here at NAP. So, so to answer that question, um, I love the Hot HPA, uh, Hot PHA program. I'm one of the, you know, I've worked with it from the onset. I study it constantly. I continue to work with the different housing authorities and our CEO, Bruce Marks, who originally designed it. Um, I've recently done several trainings on it. So I would be more than happy to work in any platform to explain it better. I did discover recently that a lot of people don't understand the difference between the Section 8 assistance they're getting now with a housing choice voucher for rental and the standard payment that housing authorities are willing to provide for the number of bedrooms that your family or your household size qualifies for. So I can help people explain the difference. Um, I can help people figure out who to work with for their caseworkers to get a voucher switched from a rental voucher to a home purchase voucher, because they are two different types of vouchers you will get from your housing authority, from your local housing authority. I read the HUD guidelines, which is exactly that. It's guidance for the different housing authority programs throughout the country. But, you know, again, they offer guidance, not necessarily the exact rules for the specific housing authorities in your area, the PHAs in your area, because there's a lot of room 
that HUD gives to the housing counseling agencies and the, the, the housing authority in particular jurisdictions. So that was a really long way to, to say, I'd love to help and participate in that. I am not, um, and you know, I'll tell you, I love talking to you all, but I don't do social media in my house. I don't, I, I, we, uh, two teenagers, we don't allow it in our household. So I am not in the know uh, about, you know, Facebook Live and all that stuff. But if you invite me, set it up for me, I will join and do my best to answer questions to the best of my ability. And you know what, uh, Damien, uh, let's talk about that with Shola later. We, we may be able to set one up right here. How about us doing it live on Facebook Live through our NACA, uh, our NACA channel? We can set up a podcast and we'll do it just for you uh, on the Hot PHA program. So we can do that. That's, that's um, and I can't say this enough. Everyone who's listening out there, write it down. Hot PHA. It is so underutilized. Mm -hmm. Anyone in the country who has the opportunity to get a housing choice voucher needs to combine that with the NACA mortgage and become a homeowner. Something interesting Angie Nett said at the beginning of this call, she told you today our 30-year rate is 5.5%, but our 20-year rate is 5%. She then went on to say our 15-year rate is a 5.25%. Did you just hear that? Yeah. Our 20-year rate is lower than our 15-year rate. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about the Hot PHA program, we most people, unless you're disabled or of a certain age, will get the assistance for 15 years, even if it's just 30-year loan. Well, we don't want you falling off the cliff like that after 15 years, getting 1,000, 1,500, whatever it is, assistance per month, and all of a sudden it's gone. So we will put you in the 20-year mortgage, mm -hmm. again, you get more house because of lower interest rate, and then work with you on slightly accelerated payments so that by the time the vouchers are gone and you're not getting the housing authority assistance anymore, your mortgage is paid off and you don't have Ooh, a I love it. years to fall off of. I I mean, it's such an awesome program, so underutilized, and frankly, it's the members I personally enjoy working with most because, generally speaking, people who get housing authority assistance um, are, tr are true low moderate income members who need the help the most. Right. I love it. And, and to be the most appreciative. It is a game changer. It is everything Eric said is true. It is just a game changer for for anybody out there on the voucher. Convert it. Do it. Ask your your local NACA uh, at your workshops. Ask about it. If you have a counselor, ask your counselor about it. If you have that voucher, get to a workshop this weekend. Whatever weekend's coming up, get there. It doesn't hurt to just go and find out about it. Pretend like it's that concert you've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> They're Janet Jackson. Don't see me there. Beat me there. All right, Damien, trying to throw in control. But uh, don't see me there. Beat me there. All right. And I definitely want to give a shout out, throwing up some hearts to your Mo Better girl. We love you. She said, hello, family. Hello, Eric. Hello, Damien. Hello, Mo Better. Welcome back, girl. Nice to see you. Asking a question for, for Lexi Avlin and Lexi, I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, but Lexi is saying it is a good question. Are you guys going to accept grants with the Georgia Dream? If not, whom do you work with that gives first-time home uh, homeowner grants grant money? Oh wow, what what a great question! And um, you know, you're, you're opening me up to to what I've been working on and my team has been working on uh, for the last five and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. So um, one of our team members went out there and found 
311 grants, you know, through just internet searches and just, just found them and put them on a spreadsheet. So my team and I have been going through each and every one of them and getting what's called program IDs through Bank of America for those grants. Now of the 311, about half of them don't even exist anymore. Um, but that was great work he did, right? So about half of them, the funding is gone, you know, they won't quite work because they're their first mortgages in and of themselves and things like that. But um, you were about to roll out to the entire organization. Um, we're down to our last 17 as of today to get to get information back on. I've submitted all, you know, all the rest to Bank of America for program IDs. So I don't remember off the top of my head if we're working with Georgia Dream right now. Mm -hmm. we're, we certainly have gotten a bunch of grants approved in Georgia, which will be on this new spreadsheet, North Carolina, um, Arkansas. I mean, just throughout the country, several in California. What I, but I love the way whoever asked that question is thinking. That is one of the best ways to make housing affordable right now. Oh. Combine the NACA mortgage with free money. And when I say free money, it's not necessarily free because it's your taxpayer money. It's our taxpayer money paying for this. So you have to help us advocate for you and to make sure that those grant funds are available to you when using the NACA program. Um, so like I said, the 311 that we're, we're working through, a lot of them, it just takes a conversation. That's how I spent my Friday. I had three meetings with different grant organizations. It just takes a conversation between NACA and the grant organization to help both parties understand we're doing the exact same thing. Most of them are neighborhood stabilization programs themselves. Most of them are really focused on low moderate income people as are we, or people birth purchasing in low moderate income communities. So um, I can't emphasize enough push for those grants. If they're not already approved through the NACA program, keep sending us to us, hold us accountable, work with us to advocate to make sure it can happen. Now, first loan programs, that's what NACA is. So that kind of thing is, is not gonna work for the NACA program, but any virtually anything else, you know, if it's free money out there that can help pay for your mortgage, we will continue and we'll be relentless about making sure it works for you and with you. So just just to add on, if you're, I know in the Atlanta area, the Atlanta Housing Authority does work with NACA and Fulton County does work with NACA. I don't know about any more. There may be more on Eric's list that I'm not aware, but those two I do know. And the um, Atlanta grant goes up to 20, but possibly 25 if you qualify. And the Fulton County is 10,000. So those two I do know of um that that in the atlanta it's in surrounding area yeah i don't want to name them out but I'm, i know we're working in connor's georgia right now and there's a grant available there um one of my counterparts he just did the training as did his assistant um for another county in georgia so there are several counties in georgia working with you know and hey be, before we get too too far out there um yes i, I somebody asked um if if they can contact me directly i think it was mezzo z um, about the hot PHA program, absolutely. Just um, shoot me an email with your questions. My email address is eexum at NACA.com. Um, and I'll be happy to answer the questions about the hot PHA. Um, anybody shooting me specific questions, please do that. You know, um, please ask very pointed questions so I can give you very pointed an ask answers. You know, I get the emails that say, hey, I want to buy, buy a house. Please advise. Yeah. That I can't answer, right? Yeah, no, all right. That's a but, you know. If you have very specific questions about the how, how the NACA program works or how the 
a PHA program or something you know, at high level, um, I'm happy to answer those. Absolutely. And you always do, Eric. Uh, Eric's even behind the scenes, guys. When you're out there and 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 we have a team of people that are answering your comments on our Facebook platforms, Eric is sometimes one of those people that you're getting the answer from. So he's behind the scenes. It's going down in our DM the right way. How about that? I love it. I love it. And we only have one time for one more question, but I want to I'm going to combine uh, Mo Better's question with Glitter Sky's question. Mo Better was asking, how many times can you come through the NACA program? And Glitter Skies is saying, since NACA doesn't have a down payment assistance, does that raise your monthly payment? When she searched for houses on the monthly payment calculator, uh, lower than the NACA calculator. So she Ooh, cool. Okay. Sorry, I'll work backwards. Okay. So NACA does not have down payment assistance because we don't have down payment. We do 100% financing. We'll do 110% financing if you're buying a house that needs repairs. So no need for a down payment assistance program when you don't, when you don't require a down payment. Um, in, terms of, in terms of how many times you can come through the NACA program, um, you can get two bites out of the apple so to speak. So there are criteria about coming back through the program. You had to have lived in the property the first time through, you know, you had to have made your payments. You have to have made your, your most recent 24 months um, payments on time and so on. Um, you can use the program once to come back through. You can use it a second time to come back through. But after that, there is no third time back to the program. I actually myself came through the NACA program twice, 2003. Uh, we broke our finances up. Sold that house, bought another one in 2007. Um, and now I'm on my third house, but the, the rules apply to everyone. So I know third bite of the apple. But because NACA prepared me so well, and obviously I've focused on this um, for, for the 20 years, we bought the first house in, in 2003. I didn't need NACA the third time around because I'd built the, the, the equity, the understanding of how to maintain a budget, my mortgage, our finances, and so on. So because we had the counseling, the help, and the opportunity to have that affordable payment the first time and second time, there's not a need for a third time. Awesome. 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 Well, guys, you know, gosh, I wish that we could go longer. But the old clock on the wall says it's time for us to go. But guess what? I see a hot PHA show coming up really, really soon. So keep it locked and loaded as always. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Move move with Lady V, uh, Alondria, uh, Mo Better. Thank you guys so much. Lexi, all of you guys, thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next episode because it's always going to be good. I wish we could have Eric back every Monday, but you know, he got to keep, he got to keep getting that approval, that qualified, qualified, qualified status for you guys. So Eric, thank you for joining us again, www.naca.com and find us on all our social media platforms. Damien, take it away. <laughs> wow. Thank you again, everybody. We will see you next time. Stay safe and go get that house. Go get that house. Have a good one. Make it a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.